podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Hello and welcome to the Celtic Exchange, coming to you on the final days of 2020 as Celtic look to claw their way back into the title race. I'm your host Tino and today I'm joined by Miff and Kenny as we review the week that Celtic have had before looking ahead to a huge few days for the club and a couple of fixtures which will go a long way to deciding how much we enjoy our summer holidays in 2021 or not. Miff, Kenny, welcome both to the show first of all and Miff, to get, get the ball rolling, what's your thoughts on the 3-0 win over Hamilton and the ridiculous conditions, should I say, at the Fountain of Youth Stadium? <laughs> uh, hello Tino and uh, Merry Christmas. Well, my thoughts were a bit more like it, if I'm, I'm being honest. I depleted Hamilton, yes. Despite that, I don't think it changed the way the game would have been played. I think you would have found Hamilton setting up in the same type of manner, trying to contain us, trying to frustrate us and we were probably unlucky not to get it to break two or three up. Bit of a gift, if I'm being honest. You know, those penalties you don't very often see them given. Normally against us, maybe no for us. Ah, it was um, it was one of those ones where you're happy to take it, but if it was against you, you'd probably be a bit, you know, guys genuinely meant to try and try and block. But in any case, happy to take it. We'll go on to the whole um, disrespect with the penalties things. <laughs> Tino, I know that you've got a bugbear about that. I do. But um, after that, you, you almost saw the handbrake come off and the, the you know, fast-flowing football that I think we've all been aching to see for, for quite a long time. Overall, impressed, happy, but still cautious because of the fragility that we've seen before. Yeah, and we'll face tougher teams in Hamilton, but I think in terms of, you know, what Celtic done, you can only beat what's in front of you. Clean sheet, few goals to the good, and creating lots and lots of chances. What did you think, Kenny? Did you enjoy the game? It was pretty much one-way traffic. Uh, I don't think uh, Hamilton troubled as much. I don't think they had a, a shot on target. We were on easy street. First half, done everything except score, really. Griffin and Eddie, again, linking up really well right from the off. Uh, I think Griff should have maybe scored pretty early on after linking up with Eddie. And then I think he hit the post as well. So all of them, I think it was a matter of time before we scored. And, and once once we, we did, floodgates sort of opened a wee bit. Yeah. Still think we could have scored more. I thought it was three going on, six or seven. Yep, three points, three three goals and another clean sheet. So Yeah, it was also nice of Hamilton to give Connor Hazard the day off on Boxing Day. So that was very festive of them to do. So in terms of the lineup, no huge surprises. I'll go through the lineup very quickly. So Hazard and goals and Frimpong to right back, Taylor back in at left back with Ayer and... Bitten. I wasn't doing my hangover any favours. I think it ruined everybody's Christmas more or less. Um, in the midfield we had... We've gone for the diamond again, which is interesting. So Soros sitting at the base of that diamond. Callum McGregor to the right. Chris, sorry, Callum McGregor to the left. Chris to the right. Turnbull uh, at the point of the diamond. And then Griffin, Eddie up top. I think most fans, and you know, we're not springing any surprises here, but the, the biggest excitement is seeing they two pairing up again. What did you think, Miff, of the, the partnership? I mean, for various reasons, they've not been able to be on the park together. You know, I've seen a bit of, a bit of chat around Twitter about, you know, mentioning Griffiths and people th- saying, oh, there's still people in the support that doubt him. I don't think anybody doubts his ability. The, the issue we've got with Griffiths is, for whatever reason, he's had his own issues. We've just not been able to get him in the team, or he's not been fit enough to be on the park. If he is, then he starts. And when he just starts, he scores, or he, or he creates. The, the frustrations with Griffiths are just around what goes on behind him, rather than what we see on, on the park. And what we see on the park is a guy who would cost tens of millions of pounds for us to replace. Yeah. As we've saw with other strikers that were brought in, Kamala, Ajeti, nowhere near his standard. Nowhere near. And I thought, I, just on that point, I've not got it in for Ajeti, but his cameo was rotten. Deplorable. 
It really was. Rotten. Attitude's terrible. Yeah, and you look at times a season where Griff's actually been behind him and Clamalla in the pecking order. That maybe says a lot for where Griff was at compared to where he is now. But he's been crying out for game time. You know, it's one thing doing it in training. And, you know, I don't know where he's at in training. Obviously, you know, we're we're not privy to what goes on at Lennox Town. But in terms of on the park, absolutely, Matthew, you know, when you see him in front of you, you know what you get. You get goals and you get chances. And even before he scored his goal, he's hit the post. The keeper's made a good save low down. He's, He's cracked one at height in the first half. He could have had a hat trick on another day. If if you play him, he scores. I mean, that's the that's the thing. That's three goals in his last three games. It, it just he's he's class. But for whatever reason, well documented, I suppose. Don't want to go over old ground, but he just surely in this what is the fans regard as the season of all seasons. The very least you expect is a player to make himself available for selection on every given occasion rather than taking the, the decision out of the manager's hands. I think you just need to be really, really positive, despite me trying to be a wee bit negative. <laughs> I think you just need you need to be positive. And another guy I got to mention, and get, he's, get it all he, out he's your not system, my wee eyes. Now, I know you might think he's like my wee kind of pet Celtic player or something like that, but I thought Greg Taylor again, he's just somebody who, he just offers stability. Laxalt is quite erratic, however, he's dynamic as well, and he's all action. Taylor just quietly goes about his business. Again, wouldn't they like to be the opposition right back, because you're probably going to him with Mitre, stamped on you. But at the same time, it, you know, you very rarely see him getting caught out. He, he seems to know when he can try and retain the ball, keep a hold of the ball. I think what he's aware of is that other players are better than him, so he just gives them the ball. Mm-hmm. But he's always in the right position to receive the ball, and he always he's always on the cover defensively. I just think with him and the team, especially defensively, we just look a bit more balanced. I think that's right, and I think so. Now the last three league games have been two 0 two 0 and three 0 So scoring goals, keeping clean sheets, and I think it's maybe no huge coincidence that Taylor's back in. I'm not maybe as big a fan as you are, but I think he's just doing a, a nice, tidy, steady job. He was brought in as a left back, and that's where he played. Not even primarily, 100% where he played at Kilmarnock. Whereas Celtic basically said to him, I know you're a left back, but also I want you to be a, a left winger at times. And maybe a bit unfair in the guy to ask him to do a job that he's he's just not been used to. And I think he's now slotting in as part of a back four, which at time of go to print are, are just quite mm-hmm. solid. So, you know, we'll obviously see what the next couple of games brings, but it's looking nice and tidy, a bit more assured. And I think Taylor's a big part of that. So credit to him for doing so. What's your thoughts, Kenny, on, on the defence? And we'll, we'll go on to the right-hand side and talk about Frimpong. And Ayer in a second as well, and what, what Lenny should maybe do in the, the days going forward. But what do you think of the, the back four? Yeah, I like that. Much prefer the, the four to the, the three at the back, and though I get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, for the game coming up in the second, I think Taylor's going to be the best option for that game because we know what we're up against in the wide areas when it comes to Rangers and, and how much they get their full backs forward. Yeah, I, I agree with Mifford. I, th- I think he's, he's a safe option, and you're always going to get a seven out of ten kind of guy every single week which we've not really had at left back. Well, we had Tierney, and obviously he was big big shoes to fill, and he's not he's not the most exciting player going forward, but um, certainly gives a bit of stability in the left, especially when, when McGregor's playing left in a diamond. Um, there's a lot of cover out there, left and sorrow, obviously, um, covering ground as well. So, yeah, I, I like Taylor, very honest guy. You're going to get an honest day's work out of him every single time he plays. Yeah, and I think he's got creative options ahead of him. So guys like, obviously there's a... a, a a loose comparison just now with Sorrow and guys like N'Golo Kante. He's got a long way to go to fill those type of shoes. But those type of players keep life simple by winning the ball and giving it to better players than them. And if Greg Taylor does that, I think we'll be fine. So if Taylor wins his tackle, wins his challenge, makes his interception and then pops it into a, a Ryan Christie, a Callum McGregor, a, a David Turnbull, then things will start to happen from there and, and that allows us to move forward. We've, we've got options just now as well. Every, every single t- I noticed it yesterday, every time Ayer or, or Beaton had the ball, it just seemed to be an array of options everywhere. It just seemed very fluent at the moment with this this diamond. Christie's dropping into spaces, Tumble's dropping into spaces, and 
guys like Taylor, that's that's what the, that's what they need. They're going to look up and, and find a, a midfield player um, every time they get the ball. So and over on the right hand side, I thought Frimpong put in some decent deliveries yesterday. He was heavily involved in the the goal that Eddie and uh, Griff combined for, but he put in a number of good crosses, particularly in the first half. The question is, will he remain at right back for maybe less so the, the Dundee United game, but for the Rangers game, or does he go with Ayer to right back and maybe bring Duffy back into the centre alongside Julian? I had my tangent alarm flashing in my head there because I wanted to go off on a slight tangent, just the notion that... Uh, as is but, your will, go for it. But, but I think it brings us on to how we're going to set up. Kenny touched on it at Ibrox. If we're playing a diamond, I don't, I don't think there's any way we'll go with that formation because I think we'll double up in the wings to stop Tavernier and Barisic. I, mm-hmm. ju- I just think that's what we'll do. If that's the case, I think it's very unlikely that Griffiths and Edward will start together. I, I think that would be criminal not to start them. And I know what you're saying, there's, there's that, every that's, chance. Th- that's just why yeah. I'm just... I'm just In my head, he'll do... <clears throat> 4-2-3-1 probably play Mikey yeah p- part of your thinking is what would we do versus what would Lenny do and sometimes it can be very different things and he, he's a hard man to second guess at times but that's the thing you know why persevere with the Eddie and Griff pairing almost guaranteed to start against Dundee United so why wrap it up if it's going so well albeit horses for courses and it's a different opposition against Rangers next Saturday but I'd be really disappointed to see that because I think well maybe maybe we're covering this too soon but why not I think it's absolutely make or break on Saturday and, and Kenny you spoke in the recent podcast with John Hartson about a draw maybe not being enough and I'm I'm inclined to agree with you there I agree a, a draw would be not a disaster but if we're going to have any realistic chance we really need to go and have a go at it all a, a draw does to me is just make it a kind of long and winding procession to the title for Rangers mm-hmm. I don't look this collapse that we're expecting to happen isn't going to come or, or that some people are expecting this will not happen Rangers may lose games and, and they may drop points but that brings us right back you'd mentioned January there the fact that we're even in this position the Rangers have done everything that they've been asked and that's to their credit you know they've built for this they're clearly well drilled everybody knows their job and that's fair play should we be as far behind them though taking the games in hand out of context no and that's been because of the management of the squad so the, we're flourishing now because players who weren't playing are now playing why weren't they playing and that was down to the manager yeah definitely I mean what would your thoughts be, Kenny? Do you think we should go in the same vein so that they can aff- effectively 4-4-2 with the midfield four being a diamond? Would you be keen for us to, to repeat that pattern on Saturday Ibrox or do you think we should change it accordingly? I, I don't see why 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 change when you why change a winning from formation, a winning formula. It's, it's working at the moment. With the players, it's just the per- it suits the personnel that we've got. It's, it's four central midfielders playing and, and, and they just are creating space for themselves. They're, they're you know, they're, they're making options wide, but they're also just, there's always somebody there. I th- as soon as you start playing with that, then it, you're at risk of playing right in the Rangers' hands again. Um, I'd been crying for Lenny to try a 4-3-3, um, and up until this time, I haven't even thought of the diamond formation since he started playing that. I think that it's, it's just, it's, it's bang on. Mm-hmm. What, what troubles me, though, is it's now the end of December, and it's taken till about now to work out something that actually works for us. So they've got lots of time up at Lennox Town to try formations and you know test and measure and see what works, what doesn't work. And it's now just about the turn of the year before we've landed on a, a format that seems to work pretty well for us. Got to repeat myself again. What, what was he watching and training? We, we, I mean, Tembi's eye. eye saw when Turnbull had something about them whenever they stepped on the park and were just deprived of minutes. Even in games when we were up, we could have brought them on or when you're trying to turn or change something. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. Anyway, we, you know, that that's maybe taking us off to our, to our January chat to go back to the uh, the formation and how they played against Hamilton. Frimpong against, dare I say, lesser teams, if you, if you want to call it that, teams that are maybe you're going to dominate the ball and aren't going to cause you too much trouble going the other way. Frimpong looks great because he can just gallop forward at will. 
mm-hmm. he maintains a bit of width for the team as Taylor did yesterday as well and that, that was why the guys pointing the diamond were able to find those space in the sort of inside channels and, and, and we just looked really fluent and great I think the issue we see with Frimpong is going the other way and if you maybe had somebody sitting in behind him you could again thinking of maybe matching up to Rangers and playing two out, two out wide somebody alongside him on the wing maybe sitting in behind him you would rather than him being in front so if it was iron Frimpong you, you would be quite happy with that but I, I agree with you too. I would rather go at the risk of taking a, a tanking next week, trying to win the game. Yeah, I'm the same. Throw the kitchen sink at them, see what happens. We, we need to. We're in the yeah. position we need to. I mean, yeah. it's not this isn't a, oh, come away with a draw, a one each draw and go, oh, boys have done well, I'm really proud of them and we're, we're, we're by that. Before kick-off yesterday, we were 19 points behind. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. I, I think if you were to offer Stephen... It is. Uh, that is exactly the word it is. If you were to offer Stephen Gerrard a draw right now, he takes it all day long. All I can hope is that the restrictions for COVID are still about, so I don't need to get into the office and face people. <laughs> so I can stay in the house. Got some and I can, keep my, I can keep my monitor, I have phone Zoom when yeah. I'm on calls, and I can just, you know, dash up to Aldi, and that's the only time I need to be at the house. You don't need those negative influences in no, your life, no, so no, just no, no, try no. and avoid that scene. Um, so just staying on uh, yesterday and staying, staying back on Hamilton, obviously three goals, very pleasing. First one, I think we've spoken about there just about the penalty was kind of debatable. I mean, it is a penalty on paper, but as Miff pointed out, it's the kind of penalties that Celtic haven't got in the past. A couple of notable examples, Izagiri and... Izagiri, and I think it was also Hayes as well. Some, some, I remember it was a cruncher. I think they were both up at Aberdeen mm. when, um, I think it was Colm, both times actually, uh, when Aberdeen had delivered into the box and our opposing what, no, left-backs just went, went through them and the penalty's been given. Lustig, I think the other might have been Lustig, but I remember the semi-final at um, Murrayfield, exact same thing happened to Tierney, we didn't get it. Mm. No looking bitter in any way, <laughs> or paranoid by let, the way. Let it go. Um, but it's one of those ones where how often do you see it, you know, striker gets a shot away and gets absolutely clattered by defender or, or keeper and, and they don't get it. So, whilst, yes, it is a penalty, very surprised it was given, but in the context of the game, probably came at a really good time because we needed that, that be something. It did because it's a bit disappointing to get at half time without getting the goal and you just think the longer that second half goes on, particularly based on what we've seen from Celtic at times this season, if that goes into 60 minutes, 65, 70, then you're getting really, really edgy. But yeah, got it early on. And that, just as you said, it released a handbrake and they went forward from there. Um, brilliant goal for the second, Kenny. Good to see that link up. Yeah, uh, lovely off from Edward, just waiting on and Griffiths arriving on the edge of the box. They, they just, I think they seem to have an understanding. Both of them, I don't think either of them are an out-and-out number nine, um, but they're not quite a number 10 either. I think that works. One of them's dropping off, coming deep, and the other one's sort of waiting on, on, on the last couple shoulder. A couple of nine and a halfs in there. Yeah, nine and three quarters. <laughs> My boy asked me about a false nightmare yesterday. Ah, I'm, I, uh, learn that when he's older. I said, it's Bobby Firmino. <laughs> but yeah, great. Took his goal well, and Eddie's just started. He looked like his old self again yesterday. I think that was, was his sixth league goal of the season considering he scored a hat-trick in the first day it just shows you where he's been mm-hmm. you know for the last couple of or months not. or not been yeah I think that, that took him on level with, with El Yunusi and uh, Ayeti's just behind in five I, I, I told you yesterday Ayeti was our second top goal scorer in the league which is just when you think of the season he's had as well that's, yep. that's particularly that's well, I mean he did start well to, to, to be fair he looked highly motivated when he started and he, he looked and I'm going to mention his name again Hooper-esque uh, I like to get a Gary Hooper mention in every every show it looked Hooper-esque in the sense that you just feed him the ball in the box and he seems to be in the right place how many times was in between the posts in the 18 yard and he was putting the ball away I I think we, am I right in saying Edward scored his first goal for us there Douglas Park New Douglas Park oh jeez oh. now, you, now you're asking I think he did I think he did 
I need to, we'll need to re-edit. I need I to think, go back into the archives. No, no, I think he did. I think he did. No, I'm, I'm got. I'm got to gamble. I'm got to roll the dice and say right. that is where he scored his we'll, first competitive we'll, goal for Celtic. We'll pick you up on that next week. If I'm sure it was with his left peg as well. But um, you, you, what you see with, with Edward when he's on that forum is that he just brings players round about him into the game. I think where we have fallen down this season is because Eddie's not been fully at it. If you want to say that, those congested areas again in between the posts where the ball gets fed quickly into Edward, where last season he was killing it, finding a way off, finding a flick, producing a turn. Mm-hmm. He's just, it's been coming off him. The play's been breaking down doing that. So they were then having to go out wide to guys that are nearly really wide players, trying to get deliveries into the box. And the whole, the, the fluency has just completely gone. What you've seen yesterday, when he's got somebody to link up with, when he's got somebody feeding them the ball, and when he knows that somebody's just around the corner, we have turns. He even done it a few times himself, where he, guys get too tight to him, he just rolled them. He was really unlucky not to score for a few occasions like that. And you just seen that spark that we've been so longing to see. There's been wee signs here and there mm-hmm. that it's been coming, um, but it was just it was just delightful to see. To be honest, I, I was just so happy, just genuinely so so happy. I think Celtic fans have been crying out for a performance like that, where the attacking play has had loads of movement and at good pace and tempo. And I thought we did that for a minute one yesterday. Yeah, and I think, you know, if there's ever a time to hit form, it's now, you know, ahead of the, the week that we've got. And, you know, whether it's Hamilton or whatever, as I said at the start there, you can only play what you're up against. And in terms of, as you see, that movement, that dropping off, that sharpness, that's regardless of who, who your opposition is, if you're making that space for your teammates. And sometimes we know Eddie likes to drop a wee bit deeper into the left channel. And the good thing is now, when he drops off and faces up the opposition, there's two or three things can happen one he can have a go himself and he's certainly got that close control and, and ability to do so the other thing is he glances up and he sees a Lee Griffiths in the number nine position where he can maybe bounce off wall pass wee triangles and else you know outside that he's also got Turnbull in and alongside him as well so now all of a sudden there's options opening up I've just scribbling some notes here in terms of obviously great to see you know guys like Eddie Griff Turnbull Sorrow come into a bit of form what's really interesting is the guys that aren't now playing who were you know mainstays of the team earlier on in the season so Moyel Yunusi, a guy I, I rate highly, I think he's a very talented player, but he's he's mixed form at times, comes in and out of games maybe a wee bit too inconsistently, but El Yunusi all of a sudden is, is benched, a yeti we've spoken about, just isn't at it at all at the moment. Olivier and Cham, for all the talent he's got, is nowhere to be seen, relatively speaking, and obviously Scott Brown has sat out the last couple of games now since the Scottish Cup final, but these are four guys, maybe less so with a yeti, but certainly three of those four guys that Lenny was playing frequently at the start of the season. And all of a sudden, you know, we've changed it, we've freshened it up, and it's night and day. Well, ju- just a, before Kenny comes on to that, the one thing I'll say about Cham, a game we haven't really touched on, was Ross County. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you've seen that, we, we were in Cham when he came on against Ross County, 2 0 up at home, brilliant, gets the ball in, pirouettes, it's, it's, it's cracking. It just, you see the skill the guy has got, the vision he's got. When you're in the trenches and you're maybe one down, two down, is he going to dominate the game? Has he got to take it with the scruff of the net? And that's just where I feel he's he's been he's been lacking. I think and Cham is one of these guys that no doubt when he leaves Celtic and he finds somewhere where he's happy and motivated, he will be a stellar, outstanding player. And you'll turn around and go, oh, look, you know what what a baller. Yeah. But the now he's just simply not doing it for us. He's not doing it for me. He doesn't, he doesn't turn up enough for me at all. But just touching on what Tino was saying there, um, the guys that were still to come in, if we continue with the diamond, where, where does Forrest fit into that? Where, where does Michael Johnson fit into that? Where does, does El, I mean, El Yunusi, I don't think is an out-and-out out winger, so mm-hmm. there is a possibility he could he could play there. But why it works so well is because of the work rate of Christie and the work rate of McGregor out wide. Mm-hmm. 
when you replace that with someone else, and I'm not saying Forrest isn't a, a, a good worker, but he's not a central midfielder, he is a, a wide man. I don't know if he fits into that formation. He's a very genuine winger, and we know that Lenny will pick James Forrest. He's obviously a favourite of him, and he trusts him as a player. Kenny, have you heard <laughs> Tino's opinion of James Forrest? I heard, uh, yeah, I heard. Uh, Riff was he deleted my number last week, I no. think, when I, when I had the audacity to, to question James Forrest. Not having it. What I would say, though, based on what, right? For mm-hmm. Forrest would probably merit a place in, in that system somewhere. Where it would be, I, I don't know. But can we talk about Ryan Christie? Aye. Ryan Christie, for me, was one of the the negatives. Uh, one of a few negatives. And Kenny, you mentioned his work rate, and I, and I don't question his work rate. Yeah. I think defensively, he really puts yeah. in a shift and he gets back and he covers and he protects and he harries. And, you know, he, he does some really good work there. But his delivery at times is woeful. Yeah. He hit the first man with a free kick. I think we should have had a corner from it, actually. Came we we should have. Off him. But it was still a poor delivery. I know the one yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. And he does that far too often. He, he is. He's a huge talent. His work rate's immense. And I do feel sorry for him because he's clearly at home playing the centre of the park rather than out wide. So I think he's unlucky in the sense that Turnbull's emergence has probably done him out of playing in that position. Mm-hmm. However, Turnbull has been, has been outstanding. Christy reminds me, I'm a bit of older vintage than you guys, Christy reminds me a bit of somebody like Craig Burley who is no doubt a good player but wasn't he as good as he thought he was. I think there is a touch of that about Christy. He is, a, he is a very, very good player but I think where he thinks he's at comparative to what the product is, yes, he can come out with you know outstanding moments cup final, for example. He produces probably not as often as we would like but I just don't think he what he delivers on a consistent basis isn't up with what how good he, he thinks is what we see as fans isn't what I think he sees as a player and I would like him just to concentrate on working hard and I would also like to see him probably back in a position where he's, he's more comfortable so that would that would bring somebody a, a more natural wide player into the team which I think would balance it out better. Yeah, I've mentioned this a few times and I think the Ryan Christie that we've all seen breaking through at Murrayfield and, and producing those displays a couple of years back, that's what everyone enjoyed so much because it was just real, honest enthusiasm from yep. a young, talented guy. And it was great to see and I was uh, really delighted to see him come through at a time when he could easily have moved on from the club, you know, and nobody would have batted an eyelid. So he came in, he's become a bit of a mainstay. But yeah, I mean, when he's playing with Scotland, I think he's more central and he's more involved and he's more the Ryan Christie that he can be. And I agree, if, I suppose if we're, you know, giving him a defence, we are playing him at a position round pegs, square holes and all that kind of stuff but I just think that regardless if you're playing out of position from a dead ball situation as an example as a talented player you should have the ability to whip that into an area and time after time after time he overcooks it you know when it goes drifts off at the back post or he hits the first man it's so so frustrating and now all of a sudden we've got David Turnbull in next to him and his delivery has been absolutely exceptional since he came in I wouldn't absolve Callum McGregor for that sin either of poor delivery for set pieces he's often very frustrating as well especially the corners almost seems to be a tactic to hit the first man and see what happens but I think what Turnbull has shown is somebody who can come in and consistently put good balls into the box if we have Duffy Ayer and Turnbull attacking that situation it puts a completely different dimension on our season and I think that you know all, all these frustrations though how often I mean I've played amateur football you maybe get two or three bad corners or three kicks, then you're after. Right, wee man, go on, back out in the wing, stand mm-hmm. out there. Back out in the bench. Ah, well, aye, on you go, just keep walking, <laughs> wee man. Um, you don't, get, you know, so again, management, what are you watching? Mm-hmm. Wait, where's your where's your, where's your, your line? Where do you go? We need to change this. Yeah. I mean, they've got all the analysis, so if we want to kind of touch on, you know, Gavin Strachan. Gav, Gav Strack's laptop, aye, is that yes. an analysis? Aye. <laughs> but, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the backroom team are there to provide a job and, and to support Lenny and give him the information he needs to make the, the key decisions. They must be looking at that. So if they're assessing any game, okay, we had X set pieces, we had X possession in wide areas, and when, what was the re- result of them? And they look at several times where Ryan Christie has gave a, a, another poor delivery. 
I think as well, though, he, I mean, his assists must be, be pretty high, though. Christie's just, he's an enigma. It's, it's hard. You can't sit here and say he isn't producing because if you look to our stats in the season, I'm pretty sure he would be up there in terms of goal contribution. Mm. And, you know, chances created and things like that. I do, I do feel a bit sorry for him. I think he's a central player that just isn't getting his chance to play yeah. in there at the moment for, for various different reasons. But when you're watching it as a fan, and you're, again, that, that one yesterday, it's at 0-0, you've got momentum, you're driving forward, horrible conditions, so you're, you know, you're thinking to yourself, if I skim this in, head tight in the box, keepers know what to come anywhere near that, and we just don't even bring that, that yeah. test, you know, that's just for sure. I mean, you mentioned the word enigma there, and that's, that's exactly what he is. He gives you some brilliance, Cup final goal being the, the most recent example, and then some nonsense, which we've seen yesterday. I, I'm, I'm just think, thinking of other enigmatic characters as we speak. Moyel Yunus is in that bracket. There's plenty of them. Brilliance in, and in nonsense. And Jam, brilliance and nonsense. And that's not what you need when you're going for a title. What you need when you're going for any title, whether you're playing catch-up or you're, you're leading from the front, you need to have just consistency and you need to just plough through games 1-2-0, 1-3-0, whatever you need to do, and you just repeat the model next week. We've got guys that are coming in and having a brilliant game and then an awful game. And what can a manager do? I feel for Lenny in terms of, of that. And there's, there's reasons to criticise Neil Lennon. But I think his players have got to take a huge responsibility in terms of just individual performances and what they've done or not for him at times. Griffiths probably comes into that bracket as well. He's he certainly does. missing too, too often. And we were talking about delivery there. That's that's someone who who we have missed his delivery as well. And uh, it's, it's fell to Christie who's it's just has not done it. But yeah, it must it must be frustrating looking at these guys. You must see them at training and see how good they are. And mm -hmm. they just they're just not applying it in games. Uh, and there's, there's too many characters. Rodic as well. He's not fit enough. You get sixty minutes out of him at best, and then sixty minutes of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. And uh, there's too many guys. Yeah. I don't know if there's a is, is there a general fitness issue. Uh, you would seriously like to think not. There's there's absolutely no excuse for not did, being fit. On on that point though, did you see did you see Griffiths after he scored again? <laughs> I oh, said that day. he yeah, just couldn't, couldn't celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, been yeah. There. celebrating like a man. But yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe there's a fitness. There certainly shouldn't be. And fitness is twofold. Obviously, you know, it's up to the club to provide the the specific training that gets the group fit. But guys also need to look after their body. Oh, you know, Lenny can follow them up the road and make sure they they eat the right thing or not. And you wonder if some guys are getting a bit lazy behind the scenes with what what they do or not. And and in this season of all. That is unacceptable. How is Ayeti still not fit? I, I don't get that. <laughs> seriously questionable. I, I, I just um, um I, I think that's that's money down the drain. Unfortunately, um, I think it might be. He looks like a guy that has to be playing week in week out to obtain yeah. his fitness, and unfortunately, with what's at stake this year, he's he's no really got to get that, especially if he's not produced what we expected from him from from the outlay that we've we've given. On the more general point of fitness, was it not something that Dyla said when he came in that he actually had? a lot of the squad fitter within his first pre-season. I think he'd said when Van Dyke when Van Dyke went down to yeah. Southampton, I think he'd lost X amount of kilos or something like that because just because Dyla had them on a on a proper proper kind of training regime. Mm -hmm. um, so there is previous there for a learning regime to get a bit lax in that department. However, you would like to think the players are professional enough to follow their programmes, keep themselves fit enough. And and really, if that's an issue and the board see that, then that should be part of what they're dealing with. You know, it's an overall picture here. Just because we've had three or four decent games in a row, we shouldn't forget the, the muck we were getting served up. And, and even probably before that, we were we were scraping by, scraping mm -hmm. by in games. So is that an issue? I, I would I would say possibly yes. But under Lennon, we looked like we could have played for four hours yeah. last season. So is Damien Duff the big difference? 
It's been mentioned in, in quarters, and I, I believe he was highly respected as a coach. So, whatever the reason, I don't know if it's kind of personal stuff or having to return to Ireland, but it seems like it's been a big loss uh, to the coaching squad and, and to lose a guy of his, you know, absolute experience, but also seemed to be a very well respected yep. coach. And it seems that we've not quite replaced him. I just want to bring something back before I forget about it. But in terms of, you know, we're talking about Ryan Christie there. If you and I spoke during the week about competition in any, uh, you know, starting lineup yep. and how it really brings guys to new levels. And a, a good, fairly recent example was when Celtic brought in Paddy Roberts. And what that done, Paddy oh, Roberts Paddy. is a huge talent himself, and I know you're a huge fan oh, of Paddy. But also what, what his introduction done to James Forrest, it kicked James Forrest onto new levels because for so long, James Forrest had no real competition there. He's been in the team since he was a, a young, young guy. I think he's been there for all of the, the nine trophies in a row, for example. And there's no doubt, just human nature, whether James Forrest's attitude was questionable or not, and I don't, and I don't think it was, but it's human nature to just relax a wee bit when you know that every single week you're going to start. And all of a sudden, Paddy Roberts came in and it just seemed to propel James Forrest to new levels. So my question is, bringing it back to, to the current squad and the current question marks, is David Turnbull now that rocket behind Ryan Christie to say, well, listen, I'm here now, I'll be taking the free kicks in the corners and it's up to Christie to respond to that? I, I would hope so. I, I don't know if uh, if Christie's head's already a bit away. I know, I know there was talk about him not signing a new contract and I think he, he sees his future maybe elsewhere or down in, down in England and that, that's fine. But for the purposes of this season, you just need 100% commitment and for us to be shown as fans that the players are fully behind the manager and everybody's on board with what we're trying to achieve. Have we seen that as a, as a group of fans? I don't really think we have. And it sounds like we're being spoiled. You know, oh, we're, we're no winning, so everyone's shiting, sack the manager and sack the board. It was just the standard of performance was deteriorating before our eyes, game, game on game, to the point where... Would any other manager survive that performance against Rangers? I mean, it was the most tepid performance. I, I mean, I've took, seen bigger hidings with Adolf Rangers where we've created more, put up more of a fight than that. Yeah. Even though it was 2-0, there was, I mean, it was nothing. We gave nothing. In uh, absolutely. And it's just the fact that they whimpered out. You know, you don't mind, I'm saying you don't mind, you certainly don't enjoy it, but you don't mind, you can accept getting beaten games of football where you've given your absolute tank and you've given beat, I don't know, 1-0, 2 one, three, two, but you showed a bit of fight and a bit of spirit. That game back in October, I think it was, was just so weak and so so tough to take. You're in your home turf, you're in the 10 in a row season, and it was the, the most routine 2-0 win you no, will ever that, see. I think that was how you described it, it was yeah. routine. But will, will Turnbull propel Christie on? Would, would you say that we've seen a higher level of performance for Christie since, since Turnbull's come in? I would, I would probably say maybe, maybe better than what was getting served up, but what was getting served up wasn't very yeah. good before that. What I would say is I think... I think there's a bit of ego with Ryan Christie and, you know, I'm sure he's a very decent lad, but just sometimes you look at his body language and, you know, sometimes how he maybe moans at players after he's made a pass and they've not done something with it and whatever. I think there is a bit of ego there and that ego, maybe in a positive way, will be dented by the fact that Turnbull's getting the Man of the Match awards and the headlines are about this new young kid on the block. And I wonder if Ryan Christie, you can go one or two ways. You can sulk, you can take the huff and you can continue doing what you're doing. Or you can say, OK, I need to raise my levels and turn in something better than you've been doing so far. So I think, whether it be with the, you know, the Christie situation or anywhere else across the park, I mean, even Lee Griffiths, again, you know, he prides himself in scoring goals and being the number nine for Celtic. And at times, there was two games in a row very recently there where he was sub not used for two games in a row, and he's watched Patrick Clamalla come on uh, in place of him, and I, or sorry, ahead of him. And I've said before that Clamalla is definitely a work in progress, and I, and I hope he comes good. I'm not convinced they will do, truth be told. But anyway, we'll see how that plays out. But he absolutely could not lace Lee Griffiths' boots. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. And 
Griffiths must watch him come on and that must be painful. And I wonder if that's propelled Griffiths to what we've seen the last two or three games now, three goals and three. He'll definitely start against United and I'd, I'd be seriously hopeful of him starting against Rangers uh, on the second. So what I'd like to do just now, just on that Rangers game, I'm just going to look, I've got the lineup here from the, the previous fixture against Rangers. So in terms of high profile absentees, Eddie obviously came back from France under 21 duty. There was a, a suggestion that he would make the game, but I think it was always going to be, you know, a, a tall order and true for me, never made it. Uh, Ryan Christie also had the COVID situation, which meant he couldn't play. That's two guys who are obviously very important to what Celtic are doing just now, despite Christie's poor delivery at times. But those two guys will absolutely start on Saturday coming. And they're two guys that were missing from the lineup last time. Stephen Welsh started in defence last time out, and you forget that. And we've, we've barely seen him since, and that's no criticism of him. It just shows you where we were at that time that he's had to slot in. Barca started in goals, and that won't be happening unless there's a, a calamity from... It's uh, got a save never had a keeper. <laughs> but any man save that day. So there's a lot... Of, sorry, Clamala started up top for us that day. Now, if someone turned around to you tomorrow and says, for whatever reason, circumstances, injury, Clamala's going to be starting on the 2nd of January... We can just put the whole podcast to bed. <laughs> <laughs> we can just, to you know, just take, yes. take, take a month off because that would be a disaster. Yeah, but that's what you were looking at. So on the 2nd of October, it's easy to come away from that game feeling as deflated as I'm sure we all did. But you look at guys like, I suppose, looking at them, Barkas, Welsh, Clamalla being the, the main ones, those guys will be, no, will be nowhere near on Saturday and will be delighted with all due respect to them as pros. But you're going to struggle in any game with those kind of guys starting when you look at what we could be doing. So, you know, where do you see that going on Saturday if in terms of the guys that will come back in? I, I mean, that, that that's one thing, right? That That is one thing. But I don't think that excuses how tame we were on the day. You know, there was more than enough. Who were the others that played? Elianusi played, Brown played, McGregor played, Laxalt played, Frimpong played, you know, Ayer played. There's enough about that team that know what that fixture's about to galvanise even a youngster two youngsters in their in their first games of that nature. Um what do I think they'll do? I, I think he'll go four, two, three, one. With the one being Eddie? The one being Eddie. And is this to nullify the, the yes. wide areas for Rangers? Yes. I think I think Lennon will go there not to get beat. That doesn't sit with me. A, a, any other time in any other season I'd say that's great. Go go to Ibrox and take a draw and head back up the road and, and regroup for the, the run. Just this time around, given what's going on, there's just no margin for error. And as Kenny said at <laughs> one point yesterday, you had 19 points behind. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, games in hand or not, that is a lot of points to try and claw back. And a draw just keeps at it 16 or whatever it is now. The, the reason I'm going for the whole 4 2 3 1 thing is the one time Lennon has kind of got the upper hand on Gerard was at Ibrox last year. Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes. Um, and Johnson played and caused Tavernier some problems because it's something to think about going the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think. It's just although we've not got Forrest this time, so that might that might change your thinking because Forrest gives you so much going both mm-hmm. ways. But I think I think that might come in. He's, again, I'm just trying to second guess what he's doing. If it's me, I'm going all gung ho and playing <laughs> for uh, from Pong and Eddie and going, oh, what they more about us and yeah. Sorry, Griffiths and Eddie up front. If he has got in mind that he's going to go with four two three one, sh- surely he's got to bring in like Sir Johnston to get more game time because he's not had many minutes in the tank. He only got fifteen minutes yesterday. Yeah. We spoke last week about Mikey Johnston and he's some someone we're excited about. I think he's a, a, a real big, big talent and I think he could go on to be huge for Celtic in the years ahead. But he's got a, a part to play right now. Really pleasing to see him come back in at this time. I, I, like you, Kenny, I had a hope to get, you know, for him to get more game game minutes yesterday. I think he came on in 77 minutes. We've obviously got United coming up. 
I'd, I'd love him to even get Minod for the United, but if not, can we get a good half an hour in his legs? I don't know if he'll, he'll start him or not at Ibrox, but he's a, he's a great option to have. And at times, you know, maybe that, that game in October, you looked at the bench and there was not a lot to choose from. This time out, you know, we'll, we'll start however we start, but if things aren't working, there are options for Lenny. And he could look down and if he sees a Mikey Johnson or a, I don't know, an Encham or, or somebody that he thinks might be able to change the game, El Yunusi unlock the door. There are options there now when all of a sudden there wasn't, so that's pretty pleasing to see. I think as well, Celtic historically don't do well when playing for the draw. It's kind of not in the DNA of Celtic to go anywhere and play for a draw. And I include going out to the San Siro and places like that. We just don't do it well and it doesn't suit the mentality and how Celtic generally approach games of football. It was a bit of a, I don't know if I'd call it a masterclass, but it was a really good performance last time out at Ibrox where we just sat tight, soaked it in, Eddie scored his breakaway goal and Johnny Hayes has, has done his job to seal the game. But it's it's a tall order to go and sit in. I, I, I would certainly not encourage that Rangers team onto us because they've shown that they can play well in wee pockets and they can be creative. And the question is, do we do what, say, St Mirren done in, in recent weeks and basically just nullify that right and left back threat from Tavernier and Barisic and allow Goldson and Hollander or whoever's in the centre to have the ball, you know, where their um, delivery's less dangerous, if you like, and should, should we try that approach? Or should we just kind of say what Muff had suggested that a lot of fans would say and say, forget all about them. See if we go and play like we can play on the day. Let them worry about us. It's the biggest uh, amateur football restaurant show ever. <laughs> Let them worry about us, lads. But that, that, that's what I would far rather see. And kind of go out on your shield. You know, go for it all guns blazing. If we don't get the result, at least you could say, well, we gave it our best and it, it's just not going to happen this season. I think Lennon would come in for a lot less criticism if we'd done that. I, th- I don't think there's a lot of fans that would, would be unhappy with, with us giving it a go. So yeah, that, that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see us go and, and try and, and try and cause them problems. As we never done it last time, as you said, they didn't even have to get a second gear, uh, and and they bullied us. Can we talk about Brown? It was next on the agenda, Kenny. You're a you're a, a wise man. Let's talk about Brown. What do Quadru- you think? Quadru- read it, Kenny. <laughs> um, for me, I think I don't think I think I don't think you can drop Sorrow at the moment. I think Sorrow's he's been solid since he came in. Uh, he's not put a foot wrong. I think his energy is is just. Uh, it's very refreshing to see someone in that holding role where he's not relying on McGregor to do. He's running for him. Um, I think. I think if it's criminal if he doesn't if he doesn't play. In all honesty, I don't think. I, I get the argument of Brown if it's going to be a, a bit of a battle. But I, I don't. I don't see it going that way. I think it's it's a game where we need legs. They see the way Rangers play. They, they pop it around in midfield when they've got the ball. And I think Soro and, and, and McGregor closing them down is, is the way forward for that game. Yeah, I think when Brown plays, so I, I think I think the inclusion of Brown against Hearts in the Cup final was merited overall and, and, and it turned out to be the right call because ultimately, after a lot of huffing and puffing, we did win the Cup and, and Scott Brown had a, a pretty decent game, particularly first half, and he was hugely important for the, the third goal into extra time. I just think, as you say though, Kenny, when you play Scott Brown, you turn that into a battle and I'm wondering, does that really suit us? Because you turn it into a battle, it could end up in a bit of a turgid game and it could fizzle out in a draw or whatever. Should we be better than that and say, rather than turn it into a, a midfield scrap, Soro doesn't get involved in all that stuff. He just wins his tackles, he moves on. And when somebody's clatters him, he just picks himself up, smells and moves on. And I wonder if we should just, you know, remove that element from the game and just play, you know, technical, fast-flowing football like we showed yesterday that we can do. One thing I really like about Soro, out with, you know, his his industry overall and, he, and his tackling and his ability to regain possession, when he plays it forward, first and foremost, more often than not, he looks for the forward pass. So he doesn't just pop it right back, left back, centre back. He looks forward and sees what the options are. And when he does play up to, whether it be, I don't know, Turnbull, Griff or Eddie, he zips it in with a bit of pace. 
he trusts these guys to be good players and to control it, and I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, Brown slows the game down a that. that that's exactly what I was going to say, Rune, about the point of Soros, the inevitable comparison because of the position he plays is that a canteen, you know, he's, he's there just as a sort of sweeper midfield, but his use of the ball, he almost asks something of his teammates, the way he kind of, it's just incisive, mm-hmm. turns out angles where he makes it hard for the opposition to nail him down and fizzes wee balls in which asks questions of both his teammate, but also the opposition as well. It's, it's almost asking them, take it on the run, get a turn in, get a flick away, rather than, if you notice with Brown, always airs on the side of caution, almost passes the ball behind his teammate, which is the one thing you were told not to do when you were when you were getting taught about football, try and play it at your man or in front of your man, don't play it behind him. I think that's the legacy for, for Rodgers' ball retention, you know, what, what, what the role he wanted Brown to play. I think Brown clearly has his place in the squad. We can't be writing him off. And you never know, going to somewhere like, like Ibrox, you can make an argument if you play 4 2 three, one, you can maybe play Brown and Sorrow in there if you're if you're wanting to really totally, you know, kind of shore things up. But that's, you know, that would probably be plan, plan F. Or plan F, yeah. G. I mean, that's the um, thing. If you end up with Brown, Sorrow and McGregor, that, yeah, it might shut up shop and nullify things, but it, does it leave you a couple of bodies down going forward? What we've seen with Turnbull is Turnbull's just so comfortable on the ball. However, we're now going to see what a lot of the guys in our squad are about because whilst they may have had excuses last time, Tino, I think you've been very, very kind um, to the team. This this now is the, the white hot heat and we're going to see who's able to stand up to it. And this will tell us a lot about this squad and the individuals within it because we should have an eye on just more than, more than this season. If you look at the squad, it's potential for it to be Totally blown to bits in the summer. What we want to know is who's who's here to play for Celtic. Yeah, and Celtic players don't prove themselves overall against teams like Hamilton and St Mirren and Ross County. That's all part of the course. It's it's your bread and butter. But you really step up and state your claim to be a, a proper Celtic player when it comes to Rangers or it comes to Europe and you know maybe winning cups and trophies. And this is where you're absolutely right, Miff. This this is. For looking at Turnbull specifically, this is his all going well that he gets picked. This is his biggest game in a Celtic shirt. And that's when he, he can turn around and say, I'm not just that wee guy that done all right at times for Motherwell and, and I've shown a, a glimpse. This is where he steps up and says, I'm a Celtic player now and I can you know lay claim to that. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds. I think he's quite a grounded lad. I, I don't think he gets too caught up in things. I think he seems unfazed by a lot of things and he's played at Ibrox before for Motherwell I'm sure so I don't think there'll be any big issue there the lack of fans is obviously a different thing as well I think he'll be perfectly calm going into that game and I would have no concerns at all about him Sorrow we've, you know, we've, we've barely seen minutes from Sorrow and so far so good but again it would be another huge step up in quality for him as well so it'll be interesting to see what he does but I mean Neil Lennon himself is quoted not long after he came back in for Brendan Rodgers as saying part of his thinking was he wants to get the ball forward quicker. You know, it's one of his big things, and that doesn't mean playing long ball or, or just, you know, channel and into areas. It means that he wants to be more direct as opposed to the Roger style that you mentioned, Miff, of sometimes going side to side and what felt like possession for possession's sake, which I, I really struggle to get on board with at times. You know, it's great, it's great to be successful under Rodgers, but at times that is boring, just, you know, recycling possession. And at some point you need to zip it forward and, and see what you get from it. And that's what Sorrow does and that's what Turnbull does and that's what's making it a bit more exciting to watch. The last few games have been enjoyable and all of a sudden you're looking forward to watching Celtic games again. Whereas two months ago you were going, ah, geez, we've got another game Absolutely. coming up on Wednesday yep. or Thursday. And, and it wasn't great to look forward to. So yeah, it'll be very, very interesting in terms of what he does and who he goes with. Again, I'd mentioned, you know, what would we do versus what would Lenny do? I think Lenny picks Scott Brown for Ibrox is my, my concern. So we'll need to see how that that all plays out uh, when it comes to it. Staying on Lenny, um, obviously the board came out with a statement a number of weeks ago now to say that they would review Neil's position after the cup final and into January 
So what do you think, Kenny, that review is going to look like now? So I think since then, he's unbeaten. He's won most of his games. T- you know, tough. Dundee night, not to dismiss Dundee United as well, but, you know, very, very important game and then a, a tough game on the 2nd of January. What do you think that review is going to look like uh, come January time? I think from the statement, it sounded like he was being given the Scottish Cup final because he'd, he'd got them there and it was his sort of right to, to have a go at it. We won that game, not convincingly at all. And we have won our last five games without getting carried away. It's Kilmarnock, it's Ross County, it's Hamilton, all who are struggling, St Johnston, all who are struggling at the at the bottom of the table. So I, I'd agree with you that the review is, is, is looking like it's going to, it's certainly going to be in better shape come the review. But you still got the Rangers game, which is the, the biggest test since that, that, that statement. At the moment, He's probably looking only like it's going to go in his favour, depending on the Rangers game. But I think he's probably done enough to get the support. Again, I don't want to look too far forward, but I, I can see Lennon here for for this season, regardless of how regardless. it ends. If we lose at Ibrox, does he keep his job? I think so. I think yeah. I think Lowell's or, or, or should he keep his job in your opinion is I, the question. In my opinion, I, I don't think he should be in the job at the moment already. I think that the Europa League campaign was a disaster. There's no doubt about it. And I don't think he was good enough. And I think he's lucky to, to still be there. There are signs that we're, we're improving, um, but as I say, I don't, I don't think that we should get carried away. I think um, we're beating teams that we should be beating anyway. Yeah. Where are you at on that, Miff? Should, should, well, should Lenny be in the job at the moment and should he retain his position depending on the result on the 2nd of January? I must say, uh, it doesn't make for a good podcast, but I agree with Kenny there. And what you said, very lucky still in the job. Europa League was a disaster. Let us also bear in mind that he has came across this winning formula by complete accident. He has not driven this. He has not come up with this. He didn't freshen things up, um, you know, out of a desire to find a new team. He done it because we played in a dead rubber. So, and even at that, he still went back and changed it for the Scottish Cup final, which resulted in yet another performance like we had been served up so many times before. Are we learning anything from our mistakes? The answer would be no. Said in a previous pod, apparently doesn't do video analysis. We're beating teams that should be beaten. I would be absolutely delighted, delighted beyond belief, if Neil Lennon was able to turn all this round, galvanise the team, have them playing somewhere near the way they were playing, you know, kind of this period last year, if you if you want to call it that. The biggest concern for me is we seem to have regressed, and also his record whilst wins, draws and losses against Rangers is, is, is fairly even. I think if we're all being honest, sitting in this room, there's maybe only one game where we've played well against them. The rest, they have been the better team. Yeah. Whether we've won, drawn, or lost, they have been the better. Yeah, and, and absolutely the you know, handful of recent games, it seems that Gerard has got the measure of Lennon. And this this for me is is if Neil Lennon, you know, he's asked for time and he's he's asked fans to bear with him in different things. If he's to prove himself as a as a, a talented tactician as opposed to just a an old school man manager, you know, hairs in the back of the next kind of motivator, then you know, he's got some some choices to make and it's it'll be a, a real measure of, of what kind of coach he is in terms of how smart his choices are or not come Sunday, so uh, Saturday, sorry. And we'll have lots to say, you know, the moment the lineup comes up, Twitter will go crazy and everyone will, will be making their, their opinions known. But yeah, this is a real test. I mean, as, as I said before, you know, Saturday against Rangers is where guys like Turnbull and Sorrow and different folks can step up. It's also where the manager can step up again. Neil Lennon will point to his CV and rightfully say, Look at my trophies, do you know what you're talking about? And it'd be right. But also, you know, you've got to evolve as the game evolves and this will be an interesting test of his his skills. The trophies are m- money in the bank. Nobody's arguing with that. What what we have been looking at, all that's mattered to 
all that matters to any fan, let's be perfectly honest with you, when, when you win the league after the summer, it's gone. It's about what's coming the next season. You know, and what's amplified that even more is the fact of what Celtic are actually going for. If this was just any other season, just going to try and win the league title, you'd probably be like, ah, I've been, you know, we've been a bit inconsistent, but you just hope that we've got, you know, we'll find the winning formula now and we can put Rangers under a bit of pressure or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're not even close enough to Rangers to put them under pressure. You'd mentioned the term there, Miff, finding the winning formula and... The winning formula at the moment of Turnbull, Sorrow, and to maybe a lesser extent, Conor Hazard and goals. Neil Lennon didn't find that winning formula. That winning formula kind of found Down him. Yeah. And also, he broke it. The mm-hmm. first chance that he got in a meaningful game. For the Hearts Cup final. So it's interesting because, I said it before, had the Lille game been one that we maybe had to, to win or draw to qualify from, David Turnbull wouldn't have got game time. Sorrow wouldn't have, and Hazard definitely wouldn't have. And all of a sudden, you bring in these three guys, and it's like, hold on a minute here, we've, we've found something, but it's... It is by pure luck, and that's that's a wee bit troubling, a big bit troubling actually. Because had Lenny been sitting at Lennox Town and you know working with his coaching staff and saying, right, let's try this, let's try that, and on any other competitive game had brought out these three guys to say that's a that's a real stroke of genius. He's seen something in these guys, and he's and he's chosen to to be bold and brave and go with it. That's not been the case, unfortunately. But as the cliche goes, and cliches are cliches for a reason, I'd rather a lucky manager than a good manager. So if he lands on this by luck and it turns the season around, then I'm all for it. That's what baffles me, though. He sat and watched him and chose not to play him. Yeah, so, I mean, so Sorrow didn't look any, even less near it than Turnbull. He was getting zero minutes. I think somebody said at one point he'd like 30 minutes for the season combined, and it was just a ridiculous thing. It was, um, I think the San Siro was the first time he'd played for over... 10 minutes competitively. Yeah, which, which is mad when you think about it. What I would say, and I'd like to point this out, and and a slight defence of Neil Lennon, I, I, I'm similar to you lads as well, and you know, doesn't make for exciting debate, but I don't think he should be here now, and it's amazing that he survived that run of, of two wins in 12. I don't know any Celtic manager that, no. that survives that kind of stuff, but, you know, by hook or by crook, he's here now, and I've said a lot, you know, long enough now that as long as he's a Celtic manager, I will support him as a Celtic fan and, and as someone I want, I, I desperately want to see him succeed. But I can also have my thoughts in the background that he's not the right man. And, you know, the, the two can go hand in hand for me. But my point is, or my question is to you lads, is has Neil Lennon been extremely unlucky at times this season? So I've heard the term death by a thousand cuts mentioned a few times. If you look back to the start of the year, the ball and goal incident, and, and my few highlighted the impact that may have had on squad harmony. You know, maybe some of his friends within the team who then seen him ostracised, and rightfully so, don't get me wrong. Lee Griffiths coming back, you know, particularly unfit. How disappointing must that be? Not only for the manager, but his teammates. They're thinking, you know, we're in this for the 10 and you come back in that shape. But bear in mind that whilst Ball and Goal's COVID breach was a, a lot more public and a lot more brainless, I would say, Griffiths was also guilty of something very similar. Yeah. And was dealt with in a very different manner. I mean, if, if one's your mate and one isn't he, you're like, well, it's all about Double standards here. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So, yeah, Ball and Goal's been extremely reckless with his behaviour, but in a... Similar vein, Griff has been certainly disrespectful to his teammates, you know, coming back in that kind of condition. And again, you know, don't want to look back too much because he's now in a better place and it's going well and, and what would be the point in looking back the way. But in terms of giving a, a form of defence to Neil Lennon for what he's had to deal with, there's certainly those those two incidents, so ball and goalie and Griff his fitness. You also had the very cruel blow of missing Edward, I think for the, I was going to say, Fer- is it Ferenc Varos? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were missing your talisman for that game. Huge game of the season, and that put serious pressure on him there. That was a poor result, but the performance wasn't actually that bad. We should have easily won that game. Yeah, easily won that El- game. El- we, made a bad mistake. We, we, uh, he's, you know, the goal that we gave away was diabolical, but we actually had chances to win that game. You know, if, if it had been three or four, one to Celtic, you wouldn't have. You know, I don't think that game 
as often levied at Lennon has been one of the, the result is horrendous because there is no way they should have been putting us out. But the performance on the night, I, I, it wasn't great. Again, it was it wasn't fluid by any manner of means, but there was enough in the game where we created chances where we should have we should have been home and hosed. And if you've got Hudson Edward in your team, you've got more of a you chance probably, of winning. I, I, so you've not got Eddie for that game. Then him and Christie have missed the Rangers game, you know, the first huge domestic game of the season. You've also had beat on with COVID issues. El Hamid had COVID issues. And also El Hamid now looks like he's offski. I'm not sure he'll play again for Celtic. So you've got a guy there who's clearly been unsettled, but yet been asked to play in big games for us. So there's a number of things there. Does that give Neil Lennon enough of an excuse for the poor performances so far, or at least defend them to an extent? We, we never mentioned the fake Shane Duffy that turned up either. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Duffy lookalike that played a few games for us. I think there's... There's no, there's no question that we have been unlucky at times, but I, th- I still think, and, and whether this is a criticism of Lennon or not, he's been, he's been too loyal to certain players. Everybody looking at the at the team at certain points this season has said it's not working, and I think you know people were saying, oh, we've tried everything. We never tried everything. We tried. We, we, we went back and forth from a uh, three at the back to four at the back to three at the back. Um, we, we we tried three five two or th- it was three six one at times. I thought because it was a midfield playing up up front. I don't think we tried everything. I think it was too loyal to boys when it was clear it wasn't working. And yes, we have been unlucky in times, but not enough to to let them off the hook. Unfortunately, I don't yeah. Know. I, 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 I would I would completely agree with that. Um, rather than trying to find everything, it seemed to be different combinations of the players that had let them down, and it eventually took a dead rubber for us to find a freshness in the team. And again, I'll go back to it. The structure defensively is what the problem's been rather than the individuals that have been playing in defence. And what you've seen with Sorrow is he just seems to offer that bit of protection. Um, and maybe the Diamond does it as well because Christine McGregor are a bit more inclined to remember their defensive duties rather than just assume that it's got to be taken care of by somebody else. And you saw that yesterday with the way that they worked tirelessly in, in shutting Hamilton down and the, the occasions they did get forward. Slight tangent. That's about the third time that boy Winter has played really well against us. I thought he looked good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. He's been really good against us. Maybe somebody to keep an eye on. Aye. But yeah, so yeah, just you know, as I say, just offering up potential reasons why the season's gone the way it's gone so far. It looks like we're getting back to what we can be. But yeah, just, just to offer some defence to Neil Lennon. But I, I'm inclined to say the same. You know, winning teams with winning mentalities don't look for excuses. You don't turn around and say, ah, you know, but this, that, and the next thing. It's fair to be balanced, but at the same time, even somebody like Duffy, I'd, I'd mentioned Duffy there. And, Slightly, slightly in jest because you've seen Duffy if he come back he's actually looked a wee bit more like what we thought we were going to get mm-hmm. again the team is a bit more defensively sound a keeper in there that seems to inspire a degree of confidence in, in the back line you know there, there's loads I, I, the death by a thousand cuts is, is probably the, the accurate description I don't think it is just any one thing but it goes back to the point that we've all touched upon and I think every Celtic fan has has Lennon managed the squad well and the answer to that question is no and it is because of that we find ourselves in the position we're in. Yeah, I think you're right in saying that, so I'll not dwell on that too much. So as we start to wrap things up for this week, it's only right to ask you lads for a prediction for Saturday. So <laughs> apologies to any Dundee United fans tuning in. We've not really had much time to cover uh, Mickey Mellon and co, but we'll, we'll maybe catch that in the, the aftermath. But in terms of Saturday, huge game, uh, half 12 kickoff, kickoff at Ibrox. Kenny, what's your prediction? And also, who do you think is going to be the, the main man or men for Celtic? I've said numerous times I don't think we should play for a draw. I think it will be a draw. I'm going to go. I'm going to say one each. Although I hope I'm wrong. 
and I hope Miff is wrong. I think he will go back to some sort of four two three one formation, and we'll see Brown come back in. I think that's what happened, uh, and I, I think I think it's I can see a draw unfortunately. Miff, cheer me up. What are you going for? Oh, <laughs> my in my head, I'd score draw, not not necessarily one each, because I think there there might be twenty goals in it. I really think it depends on on what we Lennon lines up. If he goes back to the same old, same old, I think we'll get beat. To be perfectly honest with you, because I think we'll just invite Rangers on and they'll enjoy that. I think if we're a bit more bold, score draw or maybe I was nicking So what was your prediction? Score draw. <laughs> score draw. I think I covered Kenny. every possible <laughs> outcome so, there, didn't I? Yeah, so Kenny's got so us down for... So I can't be wrong. I cannot be wrong. <laughs> yeah, Kenny's got us down for a draw. Matthew, you've got us down for a, a win-loss or a draw. Aye, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Which is good. That's fine. No, I'll go, I'll go score draw. A score draw, um, which I'll, I'll be disappointed about, but I suppose... It, I'm contradicting myself because it's not the end of the world, but I do think that'll be that if it is a draw. I'll be. say if, if Griff and Eddie play, we'll win. Right, good. Go and keep Pam for the win. <laughs> 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 well, mixed bag. I'm going to go all in for the win, lads. I think Bastard. it's nothing else for it. We've got to be optimistic. The signs are there that we've improved uh, You know, in the last number of weeks. Granted, the opposition has been different, but you can only play against who you can who, who's up against you. And I think Celtic will either absolutely you know, make or break their season come Saturday and I'm going to put my faith uh, in the team to get a result. I think, particularly if the Griffin-Edward partnership isn't broken up, I think those those guys have absolutely got goals in them. So I'm going to go for still. I'm going to go for two 0 Celtic. A repeat of the the Johnny Johnny Hayes uh, situation a, a season or so back. So time will tell. And as I say, we've obviously got a crucial game against Dundee United coming up, in which we'll need to clinch the, well, the points, of course. Otherwise, otherwise, this is a moot. I was discussion. going to say, looks finished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dundee United, so funny. we've got a draw of sorts. Kerry thinks a draw or a win. Miff thinks a win loss or a draw. Aye, aye. And I'm going to go for a win on Saturday. Oh. So time will tell. So listen, lads, that brings us to a close uh, in this week's episode of the Celtic Exchange. The next time you'll be hearing from us will be in 2021, when everything will be a whole lot clearer in terms of how this season is going to play out my thanks to Miff and to Kenny for joining us today and we'll be back again next week as we review Odson Edwards man of the match goal scoring performance at Ibrox against 2021 off to <laughs> a flyer have a great new year everyone and we'll see you then sponsored by 1010 podcasts 